You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Ant. News. Network. I'm Ant, and you're listening to the Ant News Network. Coming up, picnics. Where are they and how can we ruin them? But first, we've got a special report on an ant colony that was almost destroyed by an errant basketball. Luckily, they've bounced back. For more, we turn to our correspondent out in the field. So anyway, here's the studio. You're going to sit right here. This is so exciting. The brain's on studio. I'll sit here and... Excuse me. Ah, I was wondering when you would notice me. Oh, hey, Ant. It's been a while. How's your show going? It was going great until you walked right into the middle of our taping. Your taping? We're supposed to be taping now. Oh, oh, hey, Molly, I was, I was trying to find you. Your taping is at 3 p.m. Central Time, but the Ants, they have this studio booked at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, so... Oh, okay. Um, why is the Ant News Network using our studio anyway? I thought they had their own. I don't know. There was a situation with a basketball or something doesn't really matter. We had the free studio time available, and ants pay in sugar. And I love sugar. You want some? Are you eating (gasps) handfuls of raw sugar? Mm. Yeah, I figure. Eat it straight. Cut out the middleman. About the studio, what do we do? Our co-host James is here now. I don't really want to make him wait. I don't know. What if if we combine tapings? Isn't the episode today all about ants and spiders anyway? Sandin, shh. You're doing an episode on ants? And you didn't call us? Sandin, we were trying to avoid what happened last time when the ants took over the studio. It took weeks to get them all out of there. <clears throat> oh, ant, of course we tried to reach you, but your voicemail was full. Yeah, that's it. Your voicemail. Full, full voicemail box. Well, that works out great. So glad we're here. Let's do this. <sighs> okay. It's going to be great. You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Molly Bloom. And I'm an ant from the Ant News Network. Right. And my co-host today is nine-year-old James Adams from Flower Mound, Texas. Welcome, James. Hello, Molly. James, what is your favorite thing about ants? The fact that they can carry like 10 to 15 times their body weight. Yes, we are super cool. Today, we're thinking about wall walking, and it's all inspired by this question. My name is Alex from SeaTac, Washington. My question is, how do creatures like ants and spiders walk on walls? It's a great question. Yes, a really good question. Not sure why you want to know about spiders, though. Those weirdos have too many legs. Eight? That's excessive. Six is all you need. So, Ant, how do you walk on walls? When it comes to most ants, there's not just one thing that helps us get vertical. Take it from ANN honorary correspondent Jordan Greer. He's a PhD student at the University of Chicago who studies ants. The major one that helps them walk on vertical surfaces or upside down is actually something that's like a suction cup that is at the very tips of their toes. This little suction cup produces this liquid, what helps them bind to the actual ground that they're walking on. And they seem to really only use it when they're walking on walls or they're walking completely upside down. Those suction cups are sticky pads that release a tiny little bit of liquid to help me stay put. Kind of like if you were to put water on a piece of plastic wrap. You can slap it on the wall and it will stick too. 
When I'm just walking on the floor, I rarely use those sticky pads. Mostly, it's just my feet. All six of them. When it comes to walking up a wall, they only use the pads on their front feet, while they actually use hairs on their back feet to help give them that push forward. Oh, good point, Jordan. Sticky pads aren't the only thing that let us ants walk on walls. Foot hair is important, too. You know, that special hair you have that helps climb stuff? Uh, we don't have that. Yeesh! No wonder you're so helpless. Well... Okay, if you think about an ant leg in terms of a human arm, this hair would be right about where your wrist is. When we climb up walls, we use the sticky pads on our front feet to pull and the hairs on our back legs to push. And, 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 and get this, when we go down a wall, the opposite is true. Our back feet use sticky pads and our front legs use the hairs to keep us from falling. Whoa, that's amazing. I know, we are pretty great, right? But wait, I almost forgot our third climbing mechanism, claws. These come in handy when a surface isn't totally smooth. A little help here, Jordan? For sure. So basically, if it has some kind of a texture to it and it's not a, a fully smooth surface, it's actually a combination of all three of those different pieces of biology that work together to give them the best ability to walk up that vertical space. So it's going to be a combination of using those suction pads, using the claws, and using those hairs on their back feet, depending on the situation, to help give them that lift. So there's really nothing that ants can't climb up? Well, I mean, yeah, pretty much. Ants, climbing walls and climbing into your hearts. <gasps> James, do not move. Do you see that cone-shaped hole of sand behind you? You mean this one? No, don't touch it. That looks like the trap of an ant lion. <laughs> ant lion? Rawr. Ant lions are no laughing matter to ants. What is an ant lion? It's, it's an insect. When, it, when it's grown, it sort of looks like a dragonfly. But when it's larva, it looks like a tiny evil beetle of death. These larvae live in pits, just like that one. Um, uh, okay. Keep it, keep it together, Ant. Keep it together. Um, Jordan, can you talk a little bit about ant lions? I'm just going to take a few careful steps back nice and easy one leg at a time you can do this (laughs) so one of the major predators of ants is something called an ant lion and they mostly feed on ants and they have these pits that are made out of really fine sand and they have evolved a way to basically break down the way the ants can walk So because they have these tiny pads that lock onto the soil, if a pad locks onto a very fine grain of sand and it gets dislodged, the whole ant will tumble down this uh, sand cone and into the mouths of these ant lions. Okay, I I think I'm done here. For Ant News Network, I'm Ant. I'm pretty sure this isn't an ant lion. It looks more like a dust bunny. I'm not taking any chances. Okay, yeah, take care of yourself. I understand if you want to take off. Well, I'm not leaving. I'm just going to go crawl up this wall a little. Plus, we already prepaid for the studio with a pallet of sugar cubes. Okay, 
Well, James, I have something that I need your help with. It's time for the mystery sound. Are you ready? Yes, I am. All right, here it is. Okay, James. What do you think that sound was? It kind of sounds like a marble run, but then the like musical instrument sound, like a string plucked thing, was throwing me off. Yeah, so like there was that like rattling sound at the beginning, but then there was that plucky sound. It's a very strange combination of sounds. <laughs> Any other thoughts of what it might be? No. All right. Well, we will hear it again a little later in the show. Ant holes are pretty cool, but so are wormholes. You know, the idea of a portal in space that takes you from one place to another? No one knows if these exist, but some scientists think they are possible. We're doing an episode on these cosmic shortcuts, and we want to know, what do you think it's like inside one? James, what do you think? I think it's like you would see stars flying past you and maybe like go to different that galaxy. I love it. Well, send us your thoughts on traveling through a wormhole. You can record yourself describing the sights or sounds and send it to us at brainson.org slash contact. You can also send your mystery sounds or questions. That's how we got this fascinating question. Hi, Brindle. My name's Amelia, and I'm from Wales. Why do bananas make other fruits ripen faster? Thank you. The answer is waiting for you at the end of the episode. Along with the latest group of honor roll inductees. So stick around. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. This is Brains On. I'm James. I'm Molly. And I'm an ant. And you're still here. Great. Okay, James, we're going to go back to that mystery sound again. We're going to hear it one more time.
Okay, James, what new thoughts do you have after hearing it again? Um, I don't know. Maybe somebody's, like, practicing an instrument in the background. It's hard. This is a really, really hard mystery sound, and that is a very good guess. You ready for the answer? Yep. All right. Here with the answer is Elliot Hawks. He makes high-tech devices that copy ideas from nature. In this case, a type of lizard called a gecko. So the recording is the sound of me taking a gecko-inspired glove and placing it on a wall, partly lifting myself off the ground, and then removing the glove from the wall. So that is that clacking sound you heard, our tiles falling off the wall as he takes the glove off. And that plinky noise is the sound of the glove tightening. Gecko's feet have these tiny sticky hairs that hold them up when they climb on things. And since geckos are really good at climbing, Elliot wanted to take this idea and make it work for humans. So he made these gripper gloves. And they're sticky enough that Elliot has actually used them to climb up glass walls like Spider-Man. But the gloves aren't sticky like glue sticky. They don't stick with um, glue or wet stuff or suction or any of that. It's similar uh, material to... Uh, what might be on like a silicone cooking spatula or it's not that different from what, you know, the rubber on the bottom of your shoe, actually. Hmm. I love it when I come across cooking spatulas, especially when there's batter involved. But I have heard terrible things about the bottoms of shoes. <clears throat> right. Anyway, the sticky parts of Elliot's gripper gloves are covered with teeny tiny micro hairs, similar to the hairs geckos have on their feet. And the hairs are really, really small. They're even skinnier than human hairs. But there are lots and lots and lots of them on the gloves. And when those hairs touch the surface of a wall, all the little particles of the hairs, the hair molecules, stick to all the little particles of the wall, the wall molecules. Elliot says the hair molecules stick to the wall molecules because of something called van der Waals forces. Van der Waals forces are attractions between any two molecules. If you bring them close enough, there's actually a little bit of a pull between the two molecules. Now, normally you can't feel this attraction, but the hairs are very close to the surface, and therefore they can feel this van der Waals attraction. Because the hairs are really, really small, and because there's so many of them, the van der Waals forces all add up to be sticky enough to hold up an adult-sized person. The gripper gloves also have some springs to balance all those forces, and that's the boingy noise in the sound. James, would you like to wear those gripper gloves to climb a building like Spider-Man? Yes. I could, like, climb up onto, like, somewhere and play video games, like, from, <laughs> <laughs> like far away and then, like, just do it. So everyone would leave you alone? Yeah. <laughs> brains, brains, brains. What now? Come in. Uh, so sorry to interrupt. <laughs> There's a spider here? Indeed. Eight legs, no antennae, 100% arachnid. I'm a spider. And I'm here! He demanded to come into the studio, and uh, I'm, like, a little afraid, so yes. Uh, I was like, right away, dude, you can come into the studio, just don't touch me. Boo! Ah! Don't touch, don't touch. How can I help you? The name's Spider-Man. Stan Spider-Man. And it's a pleasure to meet you, Molly. James. Aunt. Stanley. Did you say your name is Spider-Man? Spider-Man. I get that a lot. 
No, I'm no superhero saving the world and whatnot. <laughs> Who could be bothered? I am part of a charity, though. You know, Charlotte's Web? We teach illiterate pigs to read and whatnot. So why are you here, Mr. Spider-Man? Right. My friend Sal, they're also a spider over there. Well, Sal told me that you were doing an episode about walking on walls and you hadn't talked to any spiders yet. Wait, how did Sal know? Oh, they're up on the wall, right over there in the corner. You see? Oh, yeah. Hi, Sal. Hey. Thanks for the tip, Sal. You see, I'm a reporter for the Daily Web, and I thought I could help make sure spiders get their fair shake in this scenario. Why not? I've already lost control of this episode. Again, why does this always happen when ants are involved? Are we ready in the studio? Uh, I just need to do a few vocal warm-ups. Uh, spider babies, spider babies, spider babies. Homespun webs make good beds. Homespun webs make good beds. All arachnids are attractive. All arachnids are attractive. I think I'm ready. Okay, roll tape. I'm Stan Spiderman, and this is The Daily Web. still brains on. I love the Daily Web. When you think of a spider, you might think of our geometrically intricate webs. Or maybe you think of our eight legs. Or, of course, our appreciation for 1920s Spanish Revival architecture. No. But who out there knows how awesome our feet can be? Not me. Well, they are. And one of the people who does know this fact is Linda Rayer. She knows a lot about spiders. Because she's an entomologist at Cornell University. And to know us is to love us. Spiders are totally cool. Right back at you, Linda. Cool indeed. Especially our feet. Most of us spiders have pads on our feet, covered in tiny hairs. And these hairs, you see, split into even tinier hairs. And it's these hairs that help us walk on walls. So, for example... I think most people know adorable jumping spiders. But some of these jumping spiders may only have 40 of these hairs, but the hairs are divided so many times that they've got 660 points per hair. And with all these subdivided hairs, it gives an awful lot of surface area to walk on walls. The other thing that I should mention is that these subdivided hairs, at the end of them, they've got kind of a spatula shape. So each of these little points of the hairs is as broad as possible to make the strongest contact. And remember those van der Waals forces you heard about earlier? Well, geckos aren't the only ones to use them. That's right. All that surface area on the hairs creates more opportunities for that kind of attraction to happen between molecules. The force of all these hairs touching the wall is 160 times stronger than the force of gravity. That's awesome. Yes, Linda, it is awesome. Factual and awesome. There's big tarantulas. They're able to walk up walk up uh, sheets of glass and, and hang upside down from the ceiling and... They're doing it like they're walking on the ground. It's amazing. They don't just have hairs that are on the tips of their feet, but they have hairs that go up the first two joints of their legs. So they, ha they may have a million points of contact on a wall. And they don't hesitate. They can run anywhere. I'm sure by now you're thinking, 
Spiders, could they be more amazing? Well, the answer is yes. Yes, we can. Remember those geckos you heard about earlier? <laughs> Tell them, Linda. I once had a specialist who studied geckos come into my lab, and he said, nothing can run on polished aluminum. Nothing can move on it. Even my geckos just fall off. And, and I said, no, no, no. I'm, my huntsman spiders can walk on this, no problem. And I put a huntsman spider at the bottom of kind of a um, cone of this aluminum, and the spider just went and ran up it, and I was able to grab it as it came up to the top. I, just no issues at all. They're not worrying about gravity. Conquerors of aluminum, scalers of walls, patrons of the opera, spiders are awesome. For The Daily Web, I'm Stan Spider. Wow. Thanks, Stan. Very impressive. James, what was the most surprising thing you learned from Stan and Linda? Probably that the force is like 160 times more strong than gravity. Yeah, it's very impressive. So I guess that's why spiders can go so many amazing places. The most surprising thing to me was that spiders don't even have a queen, and there's no way they could run a massive colony. No, ants are just jealous because we have more legs and more eyes. Oh, eight eyes, big deal. Our eyes are compound eyes, which are super cool. Plus, we have three other simple eyes that can detect light. Okay, okay, let's not fight about facts. If we're going to do this, let's do it right. Uh, what's that, Molly? James, we're going to play a game. It's called Identifact. I'm going to tell you a cool fact, and you're going to identify it as a spider fact or ant fact. Are there any cool facts about spiders? L-O-L, ant. L-O-L. You ready, James? Should we do it? Yes. All right. Listener pals, you can play along, too. Get a pencil and paper to keep your score. Okay. Here we go. One species of this animal can jump by using its powerful jaws to launch into the air. Spider fact or ant fact? A spider fact. Oh, it's actually an ant fact. The trap jaw ant can fling itself into the air to avoid predators. But in general, very few species of ants can jump. A group of them is called a clutter or a cluster. Spider fact or ant fact? That is spider fact. Correct, correct. A group of ants is a colony. Some species can fly using a technique called ballooning. Spider fact or ant fact? I think it is a spider fact. I mean, an ant fact. Oh, are you sure? Maybe you should go with your gut. A spider fact? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certain spiders can release a thin thread of silk into the air, and that will catch wind currents and even electric currents to carry the critter to new places. Nicknamed Dracula, this species has the fastest jaws known to science. Spider fact or ant fact? I think it's an ant fact. Correct. The so-called Dracula ant can snap its jaw at over 200 miles per hour, making it the fastest animal appendage we know of so far. Some versions of this creature can actually shoot little hairs at attackers, sort of like a porcupine. That is a spider fact. 
You are correct. Tarantulas can launch hairs from their abdomen to thwart predators. Wear eye protection when handling these arachnids. This creature is believed to have perhaps the most painful stings in the animal kingdom. Spider fact or ant fact? It is an ant fact. You are correct. The South American bullet ant is said to be one of the worst stings imaginable, so don't step on these creatures. And that is it. Nice job, James. You did so well in this round of Identifact. Now wait a minute. A jaw that snaps over 200 miles per hour? Ha! You ants are pretty fierce. You spiders aren't so bad yourselves. Ballooning? That sounds so fun. I would love to see how you do it. Well, I actually can't do that myself, but Sal can. Sal, want to show an ant here uh, how you balloon? Eh, sure. You know, it's going to work best if we're outside, shall we? Oh, great. Yes, you should go outside. I can call the elevator for you. Molly, please. An elevator? (laughs) Silly human. We can just walk out the window and down the side of Brains on Headquarters. Oh, goodness. <laughs> you, well, it's been real. Walking walk ah. with their feet, their little two feet. We, we, we have thumbs. I don't even know how they get it. Ants and spiders have some built-in tools that help them walk on walls. Ants use pads that stick, claws that grab, and hairs that help push to walk up vertical surfaces. Most spiders have lots of tiny hairs on their feet that help them create lots of temporary bonds with the surface they're walking on. These are called van der Waals forces, and even though these bonds are teeny tiny, a bunch of them together can be seriously sticky. That's it for this episode of Brains On. Brains On is produced by Mark Sanchez, Sandon Totten, and Molly Bloom. Manica Wilhelm is our very mellow fellow. We had production help this week from Doug Ryan and Emily Bright, and engineering help from Eric Bright, Eric Stromstad, Veronica Rodriguez, and Bert Odom-Reed. Many thanks to Tracy Mumford, Christopher Clementi, and Paul Tosto. We're a non-profit public radio show, and your support keeps us going. Find out how you can support the show by visiting brainson.org donate and see the cool thank you gifts we have to offer. Before we go, it's time for our moment of um. Why do bananas make other fruits ripen faster? Thank you. Hi, my name is Sarah Farhad Jarar, and I'm a nutritionist. So bananas make other fruits ripen faster because bananas produce a gas called ethylene. And other fruits do this as well, but bananas are pretty famous for this gas. And what ethylene does is it stimulates the ripening processes inside the fruit itself, but also when it's close to other fruits. The ethylene gas allows for the natural aging processes within the fruits to occur. So it's considered like a plant hormone. First of all, chlorophyll, which is the green pigment in unripened fruit, starts changing into other compounds, either red, orange, and yellow, and thus we see the color change as fruit ripen. And what also happens is starch, which is a complex carbohydrate, it starts getting broken down into the simple sugars, and that's why fruit becomes sweeter as it ripens. 
and also acids that are present in unripened fruits start changing as well into non-acidic sweet compounds and that's why the pungency or sourness of unripe fruit changes as it ripens and that's all due to the presence of ethylene so bananas have it apples have it pears uh, melon kiwi mango so a lot of the fruit have it and they produce it even more as they ripen as well especially like if fruit are put in a closed bag or compartment with ripening fruit that speeds up the ripening process because the ethylene becomes concentrated in a small area Um, um, um. Here's a list that's always fresh. It's the latest group of listeners to be added to the Brains Honor Roll. These are the kids that send in questions, mystery sounds, and drawings to help fuel the show. Eli, Caroline, and William from Amman, Jordan, Madeline and Mitchell from Des Moines, Iowa, Graham and Tyler from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Naya from Norristown, Pennsylvania, Audrey and Andy from Cleveland, Bryn from Inman, South Carolina, Elizabeth and Cameron from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, Tommy from Ackworth, Georgia, Leaf from Chico, California, Willa from Madison, Wisconsin, Zachary from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Benjamin from McChesney Park, Illinois, Claire from North Vancouver, British Columbia, Arnav from Bangalore, India, Avery and Sam from Winnipeg, Sam from Alpha, New Jersey, Dahlia and Heidi from Canberra, Australia, Lena from Lusaka, Zambia, Gabriel from Cape Town, South Africa, Bodhi from Colville, Washington, Alice and Abigail from Okemos, Michigan, Ava from Fairfield, Australia, Zane and Talia from Seattle, Thalia from Jacksonville, Florida, Valentine from Austin, Texas, David from Orlando, Florida, Aiden from Kyoto, Japan, Calder from Bellingham, Washington, Cal from Monterey, California, Pirin from Dublin, Ireland, Levi and Sherelle from Layton, Utah, Katie Bell from Pasadena, California, Frost from Colorado Springs, Jacob from North Andover, Massachusetts, Sigourney and Zula from Arlington, Texas, Grayson and Landon from Cincinnati, Felix from Newton, Massachusetts, Elliot from Lakewood, Ohio, Greta from Sioux Falls, Lulu from Vancouver, Matias and Lucas from Windermere, Florida, Carter from Ojai, California, Nika from Roseville, Minnesota, and Emily and George from Cardiff, Wales. Thanks for listening.